You're listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the US, and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way, because I want you to have a profitable private practice. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Therapy for Your Money. Today, I've got the pleasure of chatting with Jane Carter, who is a counselor and a business coach, and she is committed to helping solopreneurs have more money, more fun, and more freedom in their businesses. I love that. Hi, Jane. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so glad to be here, Julie. Same here. Um, I love, love, love the topic that you picked today we wanted to talk about like momentum in money and so we're talking about keeping the spark alive in your money relationship and I was just telling Jane before we started recording I immediately pictured this middle-aged couple just sitting on the couch trying to keep the spark alive and and kind of pictured that relationship with uh, a stack of cash at the same time so yeah I mean I, I love that image and it's so true you know we had talked about how, how to keep momentum going and your money goals and I always talk about the fact that we have a relationship with money I mean we have a relationship with our business we have a relationship with our goals and certainly that applies to having a relationship with money and so I think especially the couples therapists will appreciate that there are actually things you can do to to get the spark back in a relationship and, uh, you know, a couple's relationship and keep it moving forward. And a lot of them apply to your money relationship. All right. Tell me more. <laughs> okay. Well, so yeah, if we think about that middle-aged couple, then, like, okay, the spark has worn off, you know, how do we keep things going? Cause you know, it's exciting to kind of get your money goals set, especially like at New Year's, the beginning of the year, or when you start your practice, you know, like, all right, here's what I'm aiming for. And the reality is there's some tedium in there, you know, it's work, it's tedious. So, um, so there are kind of three main areas I want to talk about in terms of keeping your momentum, momentum going in your money relationship. And one is your practices and your rituals. Mm. So, and that includes healthy boundaries, right? Um, So in a couple, you're not always going to feel madly in love with your partner. You know, the romance does wear off. And so we have to put some systems and rituals in place that keep that spark going, right? Um, So that can include things like date night for a couple, right? Okay. (laughs) <laughs> like date night with your money. I like I, it. Have a date night with your money. And that might look like, you know, a lot of people want to avoid looking at their numbers because they've got a lot of fear around that or shame. And if you can say, all right, well, how can we make this fun? And I'm going to pour a glass of wine and put on some good music. And I'm going to look at my numbers and I'm going to look at my progress and I'm going to enjoy the process of paying my bills and saying how wonderful that I have the money to pay this bill, right? Or even if you're borrowing money, you know, how wonderful that I have this credit card that allows me to, that pay, allows me to pay, right? So just thinking about some practices, it, it also can include, um, well, something that I do with my coaching clients is we celebrate wins all the time. Yes, we okay. never, 
we don't just go, all right, what's the problem we're going to work on? What's the challenge we're going to work on? I mean, they almost get sick of it at the beginning of every call, the beginning of every mastermind group. I'm like, what's new and good? What's your win? Because it's so easy to focus on what's lacking or how much further you have to go towards the goal. Or, you know, in a couple that might be, let's focus on what's not going well. Um, but if you can get in the habit of, you know, patting yourself on the back, you know, celebrating your money wins, celebrating sticking with your goals, man, that keeps momentum going. It it sounds almost like a a gratefulness journal, right? Where you're kind of noting a few things like, oh, this happened. This is good. So what are some of the wins that, that, um, that your coaches have, have shared with you? Oh, huge ones, especially for my therapist clients, things like going off insurance, and, and, you know, making that call to get off yeah. the insurance panel or, you know, sending the letter or, or having the courageous conversation with their clients about a fee raise or about going off insurance or, or someone who finally gets up the courage to leave an agency. Um, man, sometimes just, yeah, getting that first, uh, that first client who they quote their new fee to and they say, oh, okay. And they call and they're like, yeah, I did it. And, you know, my knees were shaking, but they were fine. And they're going to charge me, you know, they're going to pay this new fee. <laughs> and we celebrate, you know, and I just think, gosh, that took so much courage and how wonderful. So, yeah. So what are some other um, like rituals that you can put in place with your, your money relationship? I mean, gosh, we could probably think of a ton of them. (laughs) I'm thinking about when I first started my private practice and I had, I I literally lost all my money as soon as I left my job. My car died on the highway. All my savings went away. Um, And so every time I would go, you know, put a check in my checking account, I would go, yay, money. (laughs) (laughs) It was just this little dance I would do. And it wasn't about the money, but it was about the progress. But I will actually, I want to focus in on your language. So our language is a practice, right? Mm. Um, And and in couples counseling, you know, John Gottman talks about, you know, saying or doing five positive things for every negative that you say to your partner. And it is amazing how much just the language we use about our money affects that relationship and affects how we feel about our goals. So, samples, if you will. Yeah. Well, well, so the, on the negative side, if you think about, if you would want to stay in a relationship with someone who was always acting like you're evil and you're unfair and you're trying to make people greedy, you know, like, do you want to hang out with yeah. someone like that? Right. Not really. No. <laughs> so if we talk about money, like it's going to make people greedy, you know, or, Um, even, you know, if someone has a really nice car that we wish we had and we're like, Oh, must be nice. If I ever find myself going, "Mm, must be nice. I'll do a quick reframe and go, yeah, I bet that is nice. And how wonderful for them. I'm so glad for my colleague who just bought a condo in Vail. That's wonderful. Okay. So I I like, I like to reframe. So like what you're telling yourself internally about your money, but also about others financial situation. Right. Because if we are, if we're using language that even subtly insinuates that money is going to make people evil or that it's a bad thing, then we're going to feel really bad welcoming it into our lives. 
Interesting. And, and now this, uh, the pendulum doesn't have to swing all the way to the other end where you're like, money, I love it. It's the greatest thing ever. And you're, you know, like Scrooge McDuck doing your back <laughs> in your piles of money, you know, and where it, it starts to define you, right? Um, it's more like, can you just say things like, oh, yeah, like I said, um, how wonderful that I can pay this bill and I'm, I'm enjoying having this money. Or it's so funny. I was when I made the title of you know keeping the spark in the relationship. I was like, what's the equivalent of good sex with your money? Really? <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, for me, it's an orgasmic experience to buy a big ticket somewhere international. You know, I like. I'm like, oh, I get to spend this money that I earned. Did you know I earned this? With God, my- so travel is going to be the, the equivalent. Travel's my thing. Okay. Right? But for someone else, it might even just be a little treat. Like, oh, I'm going to get the extra strong big latte today. You know, okay. and I'm going to treat myself. Um, a handbag. I know plenty yeah. of people might enjoy like a nice handbag. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and actually being very present with enjoying the pleasure of your money um, and, and not using negative language. I mean, using positive language around, yeah, and this is, this is okay. I'm, this is great. I deserve this. I worked really hard for this. Um, or, you know, I feel so blessed and grateful for this rather than, oh, I'm being bad. I'm going to buy a handbag, you know, which then detracts from the fun of it. Sure. Yeah. It's okay for money to be fun. And so, um, kind of switching gears a little bit, Jane, how do you think money trauma affects like our money goals and how maybe even how we speak of, of money? Yeah. So again, let's bring it back to couples relationships um, or really any relationships, right? If we have trauma around money, which very few people have a normal relationship with money, frankly, Um, we all grow up with, you know, hearing, I mean, not all of us, but a lot of us grow up hearing strange things or, or very judgmental things around money or, um, or sometimes have had money trauma and carry some money shame. You know, I know you talked to my friend, Tiffany McLean around some of this, some of the guilt people yeah. can carry from, or, or their parents' messages around money. And just like in a, a couple's relationship, if we aren't at least aware of our money trauma, we are going to be very reactive. So we can be reactive to our partner and not know why, right? Yeah. Or we can be reactive to our money stuff. So an example, um, I had a client a few years ago who was bringing in really good money in her private practice, but she just could not hang on to it. And she was like, I don't even know where it's going. I just... I fritter it away. I can't seem to accumulate savings. I don't know what's going on. And so we got into her money story and she had grown up in poverty, which was already a form of trauma. But also she, she told me an incident that she had when she was a teenager where she stole some money from a friend who had dropped it. And it was a fairly significant amount of money. And she felt so much guilt and she was still carrying guilt from that from when she was a teenager. And we did a little work around that. I mean, I used some of my therapist skills there and, and I encouraged her to forgive herself, to do whatever release she needed to do. And once she had that shift, she was able to hold on to money. She realized, Oh, I, I'm, I'm not holding on to my money because I feel guilt about having it and I don't trust myself with it. So interesting. Okay. So the, the, 
as soon as fast as it came in it was just going right back out right because because what was going on is that deep down her money shame and her money trauma was saying you know you don't deserve this you're gonna you're not trustworthy with this you're gonna hurt people with this um if you have money other people don't and you're you're somehow keeping them in poverty um there were all these little stories going on that she wasn't aware of and the thing is, you know, even if we know our money trauma or know our money stories, it doesn't mean they aren't going to come up sometimes, right? I still go through all my stuff when it's time to raise my fees every single time. <laughs> I don't, I, it's just a thing. And I go up oh, there, there are those voices again. Like there are those messages and I knew you'd be here and it's okay. And you get a seat on the bus. You just don't get the keys. Um, and I know how to kind of work through that money shame that wants to come up and not let it be in control. And, and I coach other people through doing that of just going, you know what, of course, everyone's got money stories. You're going to have one too. Don't react to it, have a plan, have support. Right. Yeah. That's really interesting. So, so money stories is a theme that comes up often um, in the podcast. I think that there's this perception sometimes that uh, successful or like perceived at least successful practice owners don't get stress around money uh, or making payroll or raising the rates. And that really isn't, isn't the case. In my experience, everyone gets that stress. It's just, they're able to see it and say, I know this is stressing me out. I hear you money story, but I'm going to do it anyways, because I know I can. Exactly. It's, it's just, I mean, I was kind of chuckling when you were saying that everybody still has their stuff come up and that's totally normal. Even if someone's very successful, they're going to have some stress around money. I mean, you know, back to our, our couple, you know, do they never fight? No, they think they're going to fight sometimes, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Stressful interactions. It's more that, do they know how to not be reactive or not go into a shame spiral? Right. So yes, there's always going to be challenge and stress around money. And frankly, that can actually, if you know what's going on and you know that that's part of being in business, you can kind of enjoy the challenge of it and it can be strangely fun. That's a good point. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, Or at least know where to turn, right? Like you you usually have a support system or peers or a coach where you can say, hey, is this normal? Like remind me that I'm you can know to place it in perspective that this isn't a negative reflection on you, that this is just part of being in business and that that's okay. You know, my main thing is I don't want people to go into a shame spiral around money and it's really easy to go into one. Um, You know, sometimes in a business, the money is flowing in other times things are just dry for some reason, nothing's happening. And you know, on one hand, we can have our marketing plan to help us have more consistency, but you know, sometimes it's just a little up and down and it's a little bit of a roller coaster. And if we can stay calm and not get reactive every time yeah. you know, when a pandemic hits or when for some reason we haven't had any client calls for a while or, you know, whatever, to be able to, to, to be a leader of yourself within your business or within that relationship with money can really help. Yeah. And, and kind of tackling that upfront and knowing what's normal in your business and what's not normal in your business, it gives you a lot of power. And then seeing when something isn't going well, 
and then being able to course correct, like, Hey, what's going on here? Insurance stopped paying. Right. Where is the money? Right. Where you kind of, you, you could probably see the writing on the wall a little bit sooner. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. React accordingly. Exactly. Um, so what kind of support, you know, helps keep that momentum going with that money relationship? Yeah. Well, you're hitting on a really good point that we've got to have support. So, you know, in a couple's relationship, it's really important to have a couple's therapist for if things aren't going well, or if you, I mean, I know a couple's therapist who works with happy couples to get those systems and rituals in place to keep things on track before they can go off the rails. Um, But, you know, having, so in a a couple, having a, a couple's therapist or, um, having, you know, supportive friends and family, right. Um, that can be really helpful. So in your relationship with your money or your relationship with your business, that can look like having a business coach, um, who can kind of, again, if you're starting to go into a shame spiral, or if you don't know how to do your systems, um, how to kind of get some clarity around that and get your mindset straight. Um, if you're going into an old money story, Um, But also, you know, what you do, having an accountant, having a bookkeeper, you know, that team, having a team, even if you're just the one person in your private practice, man, that makes such a difference because now it's not all on you, right? Having a financial planner. I, I was having coffee with a friend I hadn't seen in a few years yesterday, and she started out as an outward bound instructor and actually had led me on a trip several years ago. And now she's a financial planner uh, and helps people plan their retirement. And I was like, wow, that's a big leap. How did you get from here to here, Leslie? And she said, Jane, it is the exact same skill set. I am helping people go over a mountain or go around the mountain or scale down a cliff and they're terrified and they need support. And I'm helping them make those decisions. And I I was like, oh my gosh, that kind of support of having someone who can answer questions or if the lightning storm hits can get you down off the mountain quickly, which is when I was on her course, we went through a lightning storm together. (laughs) (laughs) um, Anyway, so, so even um, if you think about your team, even thinking about things like, um, can I hire a housekeeper? Can I invest my money in things that make my life easier so that I'm valuing my time? Um, Can I invest in someone to help me with my lawn? Um, If you really think about having a team, it's the same thing as in a couple's relationship, you know, having all kinds of support systems in place from the outside so that it's not all up to them, you know, that they have a whole community that's really propping them up regardless yeah. of how things are going. Like a babysitter for the kids. Like a babysitter for the kids. I'm really playing into to this analogy, but I, because I love it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so financial planner, accountant, I would definitely say at least, at least for tax, right. For solopreneurs, you don't always need like a bookkeeper, but you at least want someone to, I think all business owners should have, should have a tax accountant. Um, that's my, my personal opinion there. Um, but I love what you said on the, on the, it can be on the personal side. So it could be like a VA. Mm -hmm. Um, so you don't have to answer all the emails and you can stay in your zone of genius or, um, on the personal side, a nanny or a housekeeper, whatever, whatever it may be to help. Yeah. Those are all people on your, ultimately on your financial team, if they help you. 
stay in your, your zone of genius. Absolutely. And, and again, I think part of that, whether it's a business coach or not, I mean, I'm not just trying to plug what I do. Like I, I just want people to have support on the mindset side. Uh, or on the checking in on the goals side. It's so important. So whether that's a business coach or whether that's a group of other practitioners that you meet with or, or just someone you can call if you're spiraling out because you're like, I'm off track from my money goals. And just having someone to remind you, okay, you're going to be okay. This is normal. <laughs> you're a good yeah. therapist. You know, just... I, I would really say to, if I could sum up a big chunk of what I do as a business coach, I mean, I do a lot of things. I help people with strategy, you know, et cetera. But so much of what I do is I'm trying to remind people your business is pulling for you. And, and I would say, if you can remind people your money is pulling for you too. You know, money wants to give you good things and money wants to be in your life. It wants to hang out with you. And so that you can, you know, do fun trips, you know, have time with your family, have more freedom, write big checks to organizations that you really care about, um, you know, be able to feel okay when pandemics or other crises, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, so many of us, and I would say, especially therapists, for whatever reason, we, you know, we have all this guilt and shame and fear around money and, if you can really shift into assuming there's going to, it's possible to have a positive relationship with money that it, it does want to be your friend. <laughs> you can have fun with it. it it's going to want to start hanging out in your wallet, hanging, <laughs> hanging out. out in your wallet. It <laughs> kind of comes back to like having an abundance mindset. If you, right. If right. You want to be like around the money. Yeah. The money will flow in. I've got a fun fact for you though, Jane. Um, We've noticed in our clients, those that have a business coach, they tend to increase, um, and this is, this is a lot for solopreneurs, but um, they tend to increase their average, uh, sorry, their monthly income about 40% over a year. So yep. if they were making $10,000 a month, when, when they started with the business coach a year later, they're usually making 14,000 per month, 14, mm -hmm. not 40. Um, but that, those are some big, those are some really big jumps. Um, that's harder to achieve in a large group practice, but like as a solo, that's definitely something that we see consistently. Yeah. So it does move the needle. Um, and there, of course there's, is it correlation? Is it causation? But like, it makes a difference working with a business coach. <laughs> so again, I'm going to bring it back to a couple's relationship. Shocker. Um, I love what you were just saying. And, and here's the thing about coaching. Yes. A lot of what I do at it and what other coaches are doing is they're helping people keep on track with their money goals and their money mindset and their business goals. And, and you know, I, I do a good amount of, okay, how are we going to bring in more money for you? You know, yeah. So strategy is part of it. Um, and, and part of it is that mindset piece there, but there's a huge mindset shift that happens just with the act of investing in yourself through coaching. Yes. It's kind of like saying to your partner, Hey, I'm putting the, the ring on the thing. Like I'm giving you a ring. I'm committing to you. Right. When you make a commitment and now you're all in, if you spend a big chunk of your money on coaching you or on the nice office, or, you know, if you invest in your business, you are telling your business, Hey, I'm all in with you. I'm not going to just sort of treat you look like a little side hobby. I, I really, 
you matter to me and your business. And I've seen this happen so many times, but your business goes, Oh, I've just been waiting for you to commit fully. Okay. I'm ready to go. I'm taking off. Here we go. I've had clients, I, one client, she wrote me a testimonial a couple days ago where she said, you know, when I signed up with you for coaching, I got two new contracts within a week and had basically paid off the coaching before we ever had our first call. Wow. Now, that's amazing. I know. I can't necessarily take credit for her getting new clients before we'd even done any coaching. Right. Um, however, I, I wasn't surprised at all. That little, that little bit of magic happens all the time. And again, I'm not making guarantees here, but I'm just saying there is something energetically that happens when you fully commit both in your relationship and when you commit to your, your business and to your money relationship, it's just something. That's really interesting. Cause obviously Jane, I know you're not going in and like answering the phones and making it all happen, but like, there's something about that coaching relationship that just unlocks things. But also I, I think you hit the nail on the head, the commitment to I'm committing to my business. I'm going to do this. Um, the accountability, that's the part of what creates the change, right? Right. I mean, how good does it feel when you have someone, you know, another human say, oh, I think you're so important. And I really want to invest some time and energy and money into you. Like, I just think you matter. I really want to focus on you. I choose you. Doesn't that feel so good? That's that's so good. I like it. Yeah. So in essence, you're saying that's your business, right? By investing in it. Yeah. You have a relationship with your business. And again, your business cares about you. I, I, I know it may sound strange to kind of refer to your business as this entity that has a, a soul and a personality, but it really, I, I, it really helps, I think, for people to think of it that way, because we tend to, again, like an old married couple, we can sort of get into that negative mindset and think, oh, I'm just butting against this thing, right? It's a challenge. It's always a challenge. But if you remember, wait a second, this thing is here to help me and it wants good things for me. And you know what? We're friends and I get to bring my best self. I mean, really, if you zoom out and you think about relationships, especially an intimate partner relationship, um, that is someone who's holding up a mirror to us, right? Mm -hmm. as hard as that might be at times, right? But also they reflect back the wonderful things about us that we maybe don't see. Um, And in a relationship, if we have this other person who is kind of mirroring back to us, we're gonna see the areas that we're out of balance and we're seeing the areas where we need to grow personally, spiritually, emotionally. Um, And that's one of the gifts of relationships and that's why relationships are really hard sometimes, right? And every, that idea can happen in so many areas of life. And money is one of them. Our money relationship, it's not here to punish us or you know, hurt us. It can, if we, if we can stay out of the reactive shame space, it really can be some, a gift that shows us where we might be out of balance or where we might need some healing or where we might just need to get some good practices and boundaries in place. This is really interesting. It's making me think of all the other parallels of how the business is kind of like a relationship. And so I was just thinking of a couple of examples where sometimes the business owner wants to work the least amount possible and just, just take out all the cash, right. To take out every, every last penny. And it's kind of, it, 
it's an imbalanced relationship in a way. Like you're not leaving right. enough room for the, to the business, to the practice cash is like air. Um, and you need money to, uh, keep things moving, right? You need enough to pay rent or software, whatever the expenses are, are coming. So like, if you're always just taking and never giving like that, that doesn't work long-term. So then that, that balanced creates relationship. Balance. Right. right. Just like a relationship. Never been in a relationship where the other person's taken and they're not giving. It doesn't feel good. And it's not, it's not sustainable. Right. I mean, yeah. it's our, again, our business is an arena where we can learn how to give and take and where, I mean, it really is a space for potential expansion, or it can be a space where we act out our worst traumas and fears. And, you know, I mean, I, so this is going to sound, um, I'm afraid this is going to sound a little too big or woo or whatever, but I'm just going to say it. So (laughs) in that same sense that, you know, in every area of life and, and and I do, um, I like to come back to that quote of how, how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. So the same principles around intimate relationships, they can show up in our relationship with our money. I I've noticed it can show up in the way I, you know, train my dog or the way Mm -hmm. I, or my relationship with food, you know, we, we have our stuff and it likes to show up everywhere. Um, and if we think of each place that it shows up as an opportunity to grow, it also, if we can bring curiosity rather than being reactive, bring shift into curiosity, it will tell us you know, your relationship and behaviors around money can tell you a lot about how you feel about scarcity versus abundance. You know, how do you feel about the world? How do you feel about God? If you're a person who believes in God, I, I'm an Episcopalian. I, I love all the ritual and practice stuff I was talking about earlier. (laughs) Um, but also, you know, it really can reflect like, how do I feel about other people? How do I feel about myself? You know, your relationship with yourself can show up in something as little as, how many clients I'm going to make myself see each day if I'm tired, right? Or what, you know, am I going to undercharge? You know, what does that say about my relationship with myself? Um, so it can tell you a lot. I mean, this goes to some, this can go to some very deep spiritual, emotional places. Yeah. Well, we've covered a lot of ground, Jane. <laughs> I would love, I have one parting question. I asked this yeah. of all my guests. Um, what is your favorite business book and why? This is really hard to choose. Can I, can I choose two? Do it. There are no okay. rules. There's no real rules here. Okay. <laughs> um, Seth Godin is a business coach, marketing guy. I, he's so profound. I love him. He's really a philosopher. Um, his book, This Is Marketing, uh, is just fantastic. And it's so reaches to those deep places as well as just being helpful for for getting people going with their marketing um a book i read recently uh that man so good um christine kane's the soul sourced entrepreneur okay Uh, she's she's had a huge influence on me for many years and she really hits the nail on the head with getting into those deep places again of like what what is your relationship with your business and how you know how to stay um, out of the reactive place. So that's a great book. And it's, it's fairly new. A lot of people haven't read it yet, but. I have not, I'm going to add it to the list. So Christy Kane. Chris, Christine Kane. Christine Kane. 
Um, and yeah, and then Seth Godin's This Is Marketing is always, I try to go back to that one about once a year and just kind of, kind of get a refresh. So. Just revisit. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so I noticed on your website, you offer a clarity call to potential coaching clients. What, can you tell us what that is? Yeah. Well, a clarity call is um, for people who are possibly interested in coaching and just want to know a little bit more. So we talk about their goals for their business, for their you know private practice. And I talk some about what I do and we try to figure out, are we a good fit to work together? Um, and I've found even just, I just enjoy doing those calls um, because sometimes you know, whether someone ends up doing coaching or not, just the clarity process can be really helpful for people just to it, it, you know, in answering some questions, it just helps them get clear on where am I out of balance? Where do I need to focus? So, yeah. Great. And so where can our listeners find you then? Yeah. So they can find me at janecartercoaching.com. And uh, there's a, a freebie that will pop up if you're on my website and it's five ways to make more money in your business now. Um, and as you can guess, yes, there are some practical tips in there and there's a little bit of, bit of mindset stuff in there too. So that's a freebie. And, and if they sign up for that, they'll get on my newsletter list. And I love to send out good tips and insights along the way. So yeah. Perfect. So we will link to your website and to the two books you mentioned in the show notes over at therapyforyourmoney.com. Jane, thank you so much. This was such a fun, uh, fun conversation around our old married couple. That's lost its spark. I, I think they've got the spark getting back in their I think relationship. They're getting the spark back. I would agree with you. <laughs> oh, Marge and George, their things are good. Looking good for them, right? <laughs> for Marge and George. Sounds good. Thanks, Thank Jane. you so much for having me on. This was really fun. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com slash accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.